Thank you for checking out the Detroit Church Podcast. We're a growing community in the heart of the city, and we exist to awaken Detroit to the greatest adventure of all time. Although the pandemic causes us to adjust our methods, our message stays the same. God, through Jesus, is making all things new. And I'm excited about this word today. We've been talking about shalom for, for this be our third week just around this Christmas time. But we just want to end and hopefully have a, 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 an understanding, a solid understanding what shalom actually is. Is it just a casual greeting, you know, that we, you know, we've learned from, from our, our Jewish friends, you know, or does it have great significance to our faith? Does it have even present day significance in the here and the now? And uh, so hopefully that we will we'll be able to, to nail that and uh, you'll see that clearly um, from our discussion today. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. We're going to read verse 15 through 40. How about, how about we do this, love? Okay. Um, how about I read the first uh, 15 through 21, and then you take us from 22 to 40. Okay. Okay. All right. Amen. Follow along with us. Luke chapter 2, verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Yeah. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, mm -hmm. waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Mm -hmm. And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him, according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, mm. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according mm. to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you were prepared in the presence of all peoples, yeah. a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. Mm -hmm. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed mm -hmm. them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul also. So that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Hmm. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin. And then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. Mm -hmm. And coming up at that very hour, mm -hmm. she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting mm. for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and yeah. became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Mm. Amen. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. Amen. Wow. So, sorry for those technical difficulties, guys. We are back, and uh, I pray that you are um, able to follow along with us as we are reading uh, this amazing passage about the early years of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. And there are a couple things in this passage here that we just want to bring out as we think about um, our lives currently, as we think about our own families, mm -hmm. and uh, even as we think about 2020 and what this year um, has brought us. 
And uh, a couple things we just before we get into it um, that I just want to reflect on the fact that I think it's okay to acknowledge, even with our love for God and our 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 recognition of His grace and provision. 2020 has been difficult in many ways. Um, 2020 has had its challenges. Um, if nothing else, 2020 has been very unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the word unprecedented has been thrown around probably a, a way too much. Rightfully uh, so. <laughs> rightfully so, though, yes. And uh, so this, this year has not been what any of us expected necessarily. Um, and in this passage, we have a couple different things. In the midst of some difficulty, in the midst of a time of chaos for Israel, we see one in Mary and Joseph, like some godly parents. Like parents who were young, but faithful. And we see that their youngness juxtaposed with some older saints. Right. Who, who Luke very intentionally brings out for us. And we see these senior believers who've been walking with the Lord, who've been waiting on the fulfillment of the promise that God had given them for years and years and years. It's, it's even believed that Anna could be over uh, 100 years old. 100 years old. If she was married for seven years and then divorced 80 years and got married, let's say, between 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, as was their custom, she was over 100 years old. Wow. And Wow. This has been a tough year for, for everybody, but especially the vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And right along the vulnerable, you know, we think about our, our, our older folk, yeah. our senior friends. And, man, I just want to acknowledge... Particularly widows, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I just want to acknowledge, um, and God has been good in our own family. You know, both of us are, you know, we're not old yet. <laughs> But I don't know if we can get away with being called young anymore. And um, we still have at least one of our grandparents in our lives. And, um, man, I posted uh, about a week or so ago just about my granddad who just had a birthday mm-hmm. and turned 94 years old. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I talk a lot about my grandmother, um, rightfully so. She was an incredible evangelist, woman of God, and um, so much of her early um, just uh, influence in my life kind of shaped who I am. Um, I don't talk as much about my grandfather. Mm-hmm. And uh, just for a minute, I just want to share about my granddad, man. Um, let me just first shout out my mom. Mm-hmm. I think I saw her on the on the uh, the feed here a little earlier. What up, mom? Uh, <laughs> my mom was an intercessory kind of mother, like praying intercession, intercessory wife praying, and for years. And uh, I know that when she first asked my dad, like, mm. you know, what is it between you and your dad? My pops didn't want to talk about it. And uh, my mom just, you know, oh, she was famous. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, he, he didn't want to talk about it. He just, you know, pretty much just said, hey, leave it alone. And my mom didn't, like, bug him about it. She prayed. Yeah. And when the time was right, that's when God moved on my dad's heart. And they had a conversation, mm-hmm. my dad and my mom. And he just laid it out. Mm. And he forgave my granddad in that moment. Without my granddad even offering any kind of apology mm. or repentance, mm. he forgave him. And um, my granddad calls him the next day. And the most amazing part of this whole story is that began to reconcile the relationship. But they began to enter back into each other's lives. And my granddad... Ended up coming to church, visiting our church one day, and gave his life to Jesus. He gave his life to the Lord. So, you know, so, so he's been so walking powerful. with the Lord now. That was some 25 years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe 30 years ago. It was in mm-hmm. the 90s. Mm-hmm. And um, I've had a chance to get to know him. Mm-hmm. Um, he calls me pastor. I've had a chance to <laughs> pastor him. Um, wow. And what, I, what I'm most impressed by mm. is his faithfulness. Mm. Maybe about, this is during the pandemic, y'all, about six months ago, mm-hmm. I saw him on the freeway driving with a load of garbage or junk in the bed of his truck. <laughs> Garbage space. Correct. Okay, scrap. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> to, me, see, to me, it was garbage. <laughs> but my granddad would pick up these uh, scrap metal, metal scrap, yep. and yep. and he would uh, he would sell it. He's an entrepreneur. He's an entrepreneur, and yeah. he's been doing it for 50, 60 years. Yeah, maybe longer than that. Yeah. And um, but the fact that he's this man is in his nineties. And still doing it. Still working. And his eyes were on the road. I tried to blow. He, I couldn't get his attention. <laughs> and I said, let me stop. Let me let this man stay focused. Mm-hmm. But he is such a diligent 
worker, a hard worker, and I just want to honor him. I thank God for him. Um, you know, he had a lot of reasons to um, just to give up in life. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to him, and he's talked about how difficult it was and how many regrets that he has in leaving my grandmother and so forth. Um, he was someone who was um, functionally illiterate, mm-hmm. you know, couldn't read, um, but that did not stop him. That didn't stop him, man. And I just want to honor him. I thank God for him and the fact that he's still with us. Yes, Yes. we love you, sir. Yes. Um, So I guess I can share a little about my grandma. Um, My grandma, Ida Lindsay. We, um, so my mom was a teenager when Mm -hmm. she had me. So Mm -hmm. I had the distinct privilege of living with my grandparents the first Mm -hmm. five, six years of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And they both made an indelible imprint, of course, on me. But just some things I remember about her. Um, my grandma's about my height, so she's yeah. all you know, nothing, five foot nothing or so. Um, but a fireball, man, <laughs> man. And uh, she grew up in the Jim Crow South, right? Mm. So, um, just hearing some of the stories of the things she would say <laughs> and the things that she would do, right? Like, okay. she, she was not. About uh, any any oppression of any sort, yeah. and um, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm so, and I get that from her because um, I'm super passionate about mm. justice, and there's, um, mm. I wish, I hope that I have just a little bit of mm. um, the strength that she exhibited as yeah. I was growing up. Yeah, yeah. Um, she has so much impact on children. She mm. taught uh, preschool, um, Sunday school from wow. the time I was little. Um, until recently years, uh, mm. she, she just retired. She's in her nineties as well. Mm. Um, and I just love and appreciate her so much. I mm. remember the first, uh, woman running for a mayoral office. Uh, I think it was in, in Highland Park. We lived in Highland Park and she was a part of that campaign. Wow. Um, I remember, uh, her when she, she and her sister got to meet Rosa Parks and like she has that picture and she carries it around yeah. and shows it and like yeah. is super proud of that. Yeah. Um, I recall, you know, growing up in the house and <laughs> so I didn't eat much then. I still don't eat much now. <laughs> but she was, you know, grew up in that time where you didn't waste no food, right? <laughs> so I remember like she would pile on the food, pile on the food and set it in front of you. And, you know, we would just outlast each other. Like, we would we would sit there, and I would wait till she couldn't sit there no more and have something else to do. And hurry up. It's great the food, but, like, oh, man. man, she just left such an impression. We won't talk about switches and all of that. Um, and we won't talk about how my auntie used to get me in trouble, my auntie Peggy. We're about four years apart. We're not going to talk uh, about how many of her spankings I got. But anyway, we won't talk about that. But, you know, she was a favorite woman Mm. she loved God Mm. she loved her family Mm. my grandfather passed away when I was about six six years old six Mm. and a half um and she never remarried she never remarried so we just saw her live um a life of devotion to the Lord and Mm. to her family and of service she was always active um always doing something and even now uh, she cannot walk me, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, and I'll dance you. <laughs> and I'll dance me. Yo. At any party, you will see hey. Mother Lindsay. If you want to get up. the party lit, yo, invite her. Seriously. Yes, yes. Uh, but she just really is a, a strong, amazing woman. Yeah. Uh, the family took her keys. A few years ago, she still talks about it, (laughs) about how they took her keys from her. But um, I'm I'm just grateful for her um, character and strength and um, the things that that I've learned from her over time. I wish, I mean, I can cook a little bit, not on her level, but I'm going to keep working at it. Wow. Wow. Man, it's it's so good, though, just to be able to reflect on the legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to I want to encourage everyone to you know, let's not be so tied into the present moment and present afflictions, even and even celebrating the, you know the present victories that we forget where we've come from. Mm-hmm. Like each of us has something we yeah. can draw from. Maybe it's not even a blood relative, but someone <clears throat> that God has used in our lives mm-hmm. to kind of uh, give us a picture and a vision. Um, for for where things are headed and to instill things in us. And we see the impact of this in Jesus's life. So that last verse you read, in verse 40, it says, And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. 
Now, let me just bring out first. This favor of God is yeah. loaded. Yeah. It's loaded. All right. So we'll, we'll get to that a little later. But this chapter even ends, chapter 2 ends in verse 52. We won't read the whole chapter. But in verse 52, it says, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So there it is again. So there's something significant about this early stage of Jesus's life that allowed him to grow. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And what is that? What are those things? And what we see screaming at us here in the text is simply the godly parenting. Yeah. Like Mary and Joseph, we talked about last week how young they were and how a chaotic of a scene this was during this time in mm. history, yet they were obedient. Mm-hmm. Right? So so number one, let's 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 just, you know, let's 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 put a pin here and let's let's acknowledge these young folk were obedient in three different ways they were obedient number one to the spoken word the angel had just told them what was about to happen and they told them what to name the messiah who was coming and they were obedient and they named him jesus Jesus. yeah this was a supernatural thing that had taken place this was a a moment of, of revelation so the revelatory word spoken prophetically through the angel to them and they respond but they were also obedient to the imperial authority they were also obedient to, to the, the, the rule from, from Augustus mm-hmm. to go to your hometown uh, so that you could be counted as a part mm-hmm. of the census. And they do it. It was inconvenient. You're nine months pregnant. You got to go on this journey that could have taken up to a week or so. And lastly, and most importantly, please don't miss this. They were obedient to the written word. Mm. Yeah. So a huge part of their culture and as part of their growth was them knowing and following the Mosaic law. Mm-hmm. Now, what I love about this is we see them obedient to the written law first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes mm-hmm. we are hungry for like that new prophetic word. Right. We want to we want to go to that new conference or, or or get the latest something we've never heard before. Yeah. When when God is calling us to be true, be obedient to yeah. the word that He has yeah. always spoken, yeah. Yeah. and and so they're obedient to that first, which put them in position. Yeah. To get the prophetic word from the angel. This word still speaks. Yo. Right? Like every time I open these pages, it comes alive mm. to me. Mm. Right? Mm. And I've I've taken up. Um, just the discipline of reading from the Old Testament and the New Testament yeah. every day, right? Mm-hmm. To have that balanced diet mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like we can't escape mm-hmm. this instruction, mm-hmm. this direction. Mm-hmm. Like this is the rainbow, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we go itching, having those itching ears Ooh. for something new. It, it's this is never outdated. No, this is foundation. You can never if the get new stale. doesn't agree with this right here. Then we don't want it. We don't we need don't it. Want it right? You can't have it. Yeah. So good. So let's also not forget the fact that. Jesus is human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like we mm-hmm. know in the hypostatic union of a deep theological term that means that God through Jesus is in God in Jesus. He's all man and all God at, at the, the exact same time. Same time yeah. Right. So we can, it's easy for us to focus on his divinity as we should. He is deity. He is divine. Yeah. Um, but also he's fully human. Yeah. So this is a boy. Mm. This is a baby. <laughs> With real parents. Yeah. <laughs> Any parents out there with infants right now? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get no idea. Hey, man. Hey. <laughs> but we've we've done this four times. Yes. So yes. we know what it's like mm-hmm. to have, to be with child and go through that whole process and to give yeah. birth and to have moments of difficulty. Have mm-hmm. moments where you're not getting a lot of sleep. Mm-hmm. And years. Not moments. <laughs> years. Years. <laughs> years. About five. So Fon's over there and man, it's real hard right now. <laughs> His young Davis we has... We love you, Davis. We love you, Davis. And we're praying for you, Cam. Yes. She yes. got to deal with Fon's and Davis. Lord have mercy. But yeah, it's, it, those, are, those can be challenging yeah. seasons, even with all the joy. Without question. So... We have these godly young parents who are mm-hmm. faithful to the written word, mm-hmm. the spoken word, mm-hmm. the imperial authority of their day. And, and when it comes to the written law, there are three things we just want to quickly bring out here. The purification laws, which were part of Mosaic law. Uh, go read Leviticus chapter 12 and, and it gets into it. But when a woman gives birth, there was a certain amount of days mm-hmm. after she gave birth to a male child that she had to be separated. Then there mm-hmm. was a certain amount of days after she gave birth to a female child that she had to be separated. So they were obedient to that. Then they were obedient to the dedication of the firstborn child, 
right? Shout out to the firstborn. Shout out to the firstborns, hey. And they were obedient to the sacrificial laws. Mm -hmm. Now, what this means is they had to come to the ceremony of the dedication to the temple with an offering. Mm. And the offering had to be a certain amount unless they were poor. As Leviticus 12 mm -hmm. tells us. Mm -hmm. And if they were poor, then they could get away with just bringing two turtle doves or two young pigeons. Yeah. And Luke wants us to know that Jesus was born in poverty. Yeah. He was born into a naturally poor family because they didn't bring what was the first option. They brought the offering of those who were poor. Yeah. Now, let's not... I don't want to read too much into this, this here, but I think that it's significant that... We see Jesus born into this. Yeah. Like this is his actual reality. Yeah. Like with all of the, the glory that he had in heaven as the eternal son of God being born into this very real reality that so many people um, in our city, in our country, and maybe even more so um, around the world experience. And even throughout his ministry, he often identified and associated with the poor, yeah. the least of these, the yeah. vulnerable. Yeah. We'll talk more about that yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a little later on. But the fact that Mary and Joseph were faithful, mm -hmm. even in bringing the offering mm -hmm. with this child, young family, they weren't associated with the, you know, the dignified or the wealthy, so to speak, um, but they bring this offering humbly. So they were faithful even in difficulty. And, and the question for us, you know, how faithful have we been? In 2020. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How faithful have we been in the midst of the unknown, in the midst of not knowing, you know, what our job situation may look like, not knowing if we're going to get a stimulus check or not, not knowing if, you know, if I have the virus, if I don't have the virus, can I leave? Um, there are people who are wrestling with even the, you know, uh, our mask. Should, should I wear a mask? And, and, and all this stuff. And we don't want to get into any of the political stuff going no. on. Not today. Not today, Satan. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, we just want to identify, like, this has been a year where a lot has been thrown at us. Yeah. Um, even the racial stuff. Yeah. The protesting, and that was a big part of our year. We spent um, a lot of time talking about that. I spent time downtown um, walking, talking with many of the protesters. Um, in some ways, protesting as well and, um, and learning, really just listening and learning. And um, I think sometimes we can respond and react to what is happening around us without considering what, where God is in the midst of it. You know, so I found, my, I found myself down there and uh, this one significant moment, like I just I felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And I just began to pray, God, where are you in this? God, yeah. what are you after? You know, because I, I'll be honest, you know, while I was trying to tell other people how to go down there, I went down there with, with some biases as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. the Lord began to deal with my heart yeah. on the scene as I was there. And, um, you know, just want to encourage you, you all. Like, what are you doing with the word that you have been given yeah. in 2020? Yeah, I, I think this has really been... Um, a year where we've been able, we've been given this opportunity to locate ourselves, right? <laughs> like the covers on so many things have been pulled back and mm -hmm. the light shines so brightly yeah. on even the ugliest, yeah. right, of yeah. things. Um, and it's really been an opportunity for us to, again, judge ourselves as you're saying, how faithful are you to what I've said? Yeah. Like, are we putting our political agenda or, or even our um, our own biases, our own mm -hmm. preferences, all mm -hmm. the things that make us comfortable yeah. and with which we identify, yeah. are those things taking precedence and priority yeah. over our identity in Christ? Mm -hmm. And I think even for the church, like we really have to look at ourselves yeah. Yeah. because, you know, where's the spiritual authority? Mm. Everybody knows different factions, mm -hmm. political mm -hmm. affiliation, but where mm -hmm. are we seeing, you know, the Jesus, mm. the Christ-like ones that mm. are stepping into this moment mm -hmm. and, and walking and, and bringing the kingdom of heaven to yeah. bear yeah, on yeah, the yeah. things that we're, we're seeing and witnessing. Mm. So good, y'all. So good. So, again, how have you been faithful to the written word mm -hmm. this year, first and foremost, mm -hmm. right? Secondly, how, are you been, how have you been faithful to the word that God has spoken to you? Yeah. Like, is God speaking to you? Yeah. In times of prayer, in times of worship, sometimes he may speak in the most unprecedented, uh, unknown, unexpected kind of way through a song, through a movie, or just 
on a walk uh, or through someone else. Yeah. Um, and then how are you being faithful to the imperial authority? Hmm. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> yo, 2020, yo. Hey, that's no joke. Yeah, we won't sure. get into all the weeds sure. of that per se. Yeah. Um, but I think it is for us to acknowledge the obedience and the faithfulness that God requires. So, yeah. so here we have these young people who are doing that. And then we can see the next part of the text here. They uh, they listen to Simeon. Mm. Like they're listening to him. That part. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> like this older man, like sometimes when we're young, like we can have this this air about ourselves, like we know it all. It's our time, right? Yeah. Like I had to repent to my dad, um, who recently planted a church, and it was sort of a uh, maybe a replant. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't get, get into all the story of our history there with Jubilee, but it's a church that we you know we we came from and we pastored, and and uh, I thought I'd shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> Pops was like, no, 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 sir, no, sir. And I, but I, but I had this going to different conferences and hearing different things. Yeah. You know, you just, you just, um, you develop this idea yeah. like church planning is a young man. Say it's camp. a young man. Yeah, they do. Yeah, and uh, and I, I even said it to my dad, like, Dad, are you sure? Like, this takes a lot of work, the grinding, and man, the Lord checked me hard one day. Yeah. Like, who do you think you are? And then who do you think I am? This right. is not just a young person's game. And we need him and the older saints, whether you are yeah. planning a church, whether you are serving in a church, whatever you are doing, we need you. We need you. And so here we have Mary and Joseph listening to Simeon, and he begins to speak the word over them. And this was a godly man. Now, what I love about this, Luke tells us three times that he was a man of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He was a man who who listened to the Holy Spirit. The very fact that he was in the temple that day is because the Spirit led him to the temple. Yo, like there's something about like getting older where you don't like you you don't want to you can't waste time. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So if you're gonna go somewhere, you are going somewhere with a purpose. Yeah. And there's just a certain sense of purpose that that older folk have. And that doesn't always mean that they're always running, doing something. Right. Like, even in their stillness, it's purposeful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> even in their quiet, yeah. it's purposeful. And the weight of that wisdom, <sighs> right? Yes. Um, that we don't take enough advantage of. <sighs> yeah. And we, you know, we um, we miss out on something when we don't have that. Absolutely. We're Absolutely. living in an age where we got, you know, we got 45-year-old great-grandmothers. Yeah. 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 Just think about the impact. That that is having and will continue to have mm-hmm. on future generations, you mm-hmm. know. So so the scriptures tell us that we have many teachers, mm-hmm. but not many fathers. Not many fathers, you know. And I'll yeah. add, we also we need mothers. Yeah, like the the, the idea of church mothers. Many, many of us grew up with church mothers. Yeah, man, like, uh, so necessary. I remember so many who spoke into my life and would say stuff to me like off the cuff, like. What others do, you cannot. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember mm-hmm. one mother in particular mm-hmm. in our church would say that to me. Mm. I'm like, why are you putting me out? Mm. <laughs> Everybody around here running around mm. doing whatever. She was like, baby, what she others saw do, it. you she cannot. Right? And then she would also say stuff like, you know, when she would see me down or something, she'd say, baby, just keep on living. Mm. You know what I mean? Wow. And those are words that wow. have kept me yeah. um, throughout my journey. Yeah, so man. They're yeah. absolutely necessary. So Simon is filled with the Spirit of God, yeah. and he's he prophesies to them. He tells them what's about to happen, and there's great celebration. There's great opportunity to rejoice. But then he says something yeah. that is very sobering. Mm-hmm. Even in this moment of rejoicing, like <laughs> like older folk I know, like they don't have a problem telling, keeping it one hundred with you, yeah. <laughs> keeping it in a buck and telling you. And just as, as as quick as they will, you know, like rejoice with you and celebrate, you know, yeah. they'll 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 bring in this dose of reality. Yeah. And what Simeon says is that there will be a a a a, a great uh, falling away; mm-hmm. that many will rise and many will fall. Yeah. Now, there's some theologians who believe that the the the, the falling uh, speaks to Luke's first account. Mm. And the second, and the rising speaks to Luke's second account, which we know as the Book of Acts. Uh-huh. And the falling is those, those specifically the Jews who did not respond to Jesus and eventually wanted him dead. But in the second account, in the book of Acts, we see the birth of the church arising. Mm. So, so this is a, a beautiful picture of the gospel because the, the weight of this message, y'all, is not just... 
hey, the Messiah has come. Israel will now be restored. But it is the first time we see it publicly mentioned that this Messiah was for everybody. Jesus was for everybody, including the Gentiles. This had been hinted in the Old Testament, but this is the first time now that we see it clearly. It's for everybody. He specifically mentions it. A light for revelation to the Gentiles. What? Like, that's on something different. Yeah. That was very different from what they had heard and even what many of them had expected. But God knew who to use. He used a young couple who maybe didn't know as much, who were right. just willing, available, right. and obedient. Right. And then he uses mm. this older saint to Thank speak you, into God. their lives and to expand their expectation yes. and their revelation. Yes. And they rejoice. But he says there is going to be a falling away. Mm. Yeah. That his mm. presence will invoke and provoke hostility yeah. in many. Yeah. That although he's going to be a light, this is the kind of light that exposes. Yeah. This is the kind of light that reveals certain things. Yeah. So we will have to give an account for what we believe about Jesus. Yeah. What we think about Jesus. Yes. yes. Do we mm. believe that that he is who he actually says he is? Yeah. And there will be many who won't. Right. And because of the way he lived and the way he treated the outcasts, the Gentiles, Mm -hmm. the Samaritans, Mm -hmm. giving light to them, Mm -hmm. an army of opposition will rise up against him. Yeah. And this is what we, this is the tension we see throughout the book of Acts. And even in our day, we have to be careful not to try to shape Jesus in our image, right? To make Mm. him palatable Mm. and comfortable for us (laughs) rather than us being conformed to Mm. his image, Mm -hmm. right? That's Um, good. We see that in so much. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good, man. And y'all, let's just keep in mind, while he is peace, he is shalom, while he is love, Mm. he is merciful, Mm -hmm. and he is gracious, Mm -hmm. there there are some things that you will have to reckon with about Jesus that are uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. There are some things that he is going to require of us that are uncomfortable, that maybe based upon what we've experienced in the past, what we've heard in the past, Mm -hmm. we may not hear as love Mm -hmm. or loving. Mm -hmm. We may not necessarily hear it as something that is that is a a word of peace necessarily. You know, so so when he comes, he reveals what is on the inside of us and what is on the inside of us until that word get up in us. Like the old folks used to say, like we got all kind of mess in us. Yeah. 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 Like you said, biases or things you know about just the culture, about gender, yeah. about raising kids, yeah. from the lightweight stuff to the deep stuff. We got all kinds of yeah. things, and we need this word to help shape us. And as Hebrews four, mm. I believe eleven tells us that the word of God yeah. is a two-edged sword, yeah. dividing asunder the soul and the spirit, and it is a revealer yeah. of the intention of hearts. And the entrance of His word brings light. light right? Yes, yes. And we yes, have to yes. receive that light as love yeah. I think yeah like so often we respond in fear mm. right like we want to cover up mm. and hide our darkness and the things mm. that we don't necessarily want exposed but yeah. we have to really see light as an invitation mm. and an opportunity right like he's he wants to bring us out of darkness yeah. into the light and so yeah it's we gotta stop left. being afraid yeah. we gotta stop being afraid amen and then we have Anna mm. who we don't have a whole lot of verses here about her, but man, the, the, the few verses we have speak yeah. so heavily so in this elongated period of waiting yeah. and longing and being widowed and being alone. Being widowed is not just being without husband and that culture had great significance. Yeah. You know, how are you going to be taken care of? She was looked at as as as, as an outcast many times in society. Mm-hmm. And she spent her time in the presence of God, not complaining. Right. Not not murmuring, Woo. but fasting, praying, yep. worshiping, and then eventually night preaching. Day. Night and day, yo. <laughs> and then eventually preaching. Like she, she takes this all this longing and waiting and expectation and fasting and praying. And when the arrival of the Messiah comes and she's seen what yeah. she's been longing for yeah. and waiting for, she be, she turns into an evangelist yes. and she starts to preach and to prophesy. Yeah, and and, and she's a worshiper to all who were waiting Man. in Jerusalem. Mm. She began to speak of the redemption. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we 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 need these. Elderly examples yeah. of strength, dignity, 
of faithfulness. Yeah. They may not move as fast as the young people. They not be as, you know, quote unquote, I don't know, cool and edgy, whatever that is, right? But there's something that they have seen, they've lived through, and yeah. we need it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I need it. Absolutely. We were talking in one of our women's um, planning meetings as we were preparing for, for next year, the importance of having that voice. And mm. how even in the word it talks about how the older women are to instruct mm. the younger women. Yeah. Um, and how we miss that so much in this generation. So yeah. there's some things specifically that we want to look to in the coming year where we, we take advantage and yeah. we draw on those voices. Mm. Mm. So good. So good. So we just want to honor, you know, our few uh, seniored saints <laughs> among us at Detroit Church. And uh, I'm believing God for more. Yeah. Yeah, we, we need, need you. you. Yes, we do. We yes, you. we do. So as we as we close out the next uh, part of this uh, this chapter and our time here, mm-hmm. um, I do want to focus on a few things. Now, yeah. we talked about this briefly, and I just want to throw it out at you, um, Bay. Put you on the spot here Certainly. a little bit. Certainly. What do you think it means that the Savior of the world, the Son of God, was born to a poor mother and father? Um. When, when you were talking about this earlier, it reminded me, um, took me back to Matthew 25, because mm-hmm. the same way he began, mm-hmm. he talked about even mm-hmm. in the coming judgment, right? Like mm-hmm. in the final judgment. Uh, mm-hmm. I just want to read this, if okay. that's okay. Yes, please. Um, it says, so when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Mm-hmm. Before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Mm-hmm. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Mm-hmm. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick Mm -hmm. and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him. And I won't read all of this, but um, these he says, he says, truly I say to you, as you did to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it. To, to me. me. Wow. So Jesus did not yeah. identify with the rich and the powerful, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like so many times we, we want to be seen as on our glow up or our come up, mm. but Jesus always mm. identified mm. and associated mm. with the lowly, yeah. right? And he was able to do that because he was so confident in his own identity. Mm. He knew that yeah. material things did not define him. Mm. He knew that the people around him didn't necessarily mm. define him, but Say he gave identity and imparted that to them. And yeah. so so, like, when I read this, it's like, man, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, are, are we on this? Yeah. Like, when he comes to separate, yeah. will we be seeing, like, so many times we think about the poor. Yeah. We think of it from the lens of, you know, um, well, some of us remember being poor. <laughs> right? True. But But sometimes we, we can get into a space of wanting to be seen as charitable yeah. or beneficent Ooh. and superior. Right? Wow. You know, mm. let me give this, you know, and I feel good about myself because I'm giving okay. this or that. So now you're stepping on some toes. I'm just saying, like, that's not what Jesus did. He's, he identified with the poor, even mm. as the king of all creation. He became poor. Come on. Come on. And he didn't Mm. lose that. He's like, you know, what you do to them, you do to me. Mm. So that means he identifies Mm. with the poor and with the vulnerable. That alone preaches like crazy, y'all. Yeah. Galatians 3 tells us that he became a curse to become a cure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I want to bring out something that um, that theologian and pastor Tabidi Anabueli says about poverty and what it means, what we can glean from the fact that Jesus became poor. Hmm. Now, this may be a little different than what some hmm. of us, some of us um, have been used to hearing about how we respond to poverty, right? Um, number one, poverty is not a sin, okay? We see that Jesus was born into poverty. Jesus was sinless. Poverty is not a sin. Poverty is not God's disapproval of you. Right. Let's keep that in mind. There are those that preach that if you are poor, then somebody's sinned. Somebody's done something wrong and God's favor is not upon you. Wow. No, that's not what the Bible teaches. Not at all. Poverty does not (laughs) prevent a person from worshiping God. Right? Mm -hmm. You are able, you are invited, you are welcomed and beckoned to the very presence of God, no matter your economic state or or social economic Mm -hmm. class. 
Um, poverty um, does not necessarily doom a person to poverty forever. Right. You said you remembered when you used to be poor. Well. But somebody ain't poor no more. <laughs> he ain't poor no more. <laughs> Number five, poverty does not excuse unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. So when we look at people as like a, we, we rob them of their dignity and their uh, opportunity uh, just to respond to God and be obedient. And there are still things that people, although they are poor, yeah. although they may not have financial, uh, great financial means, um, they have tons to offer to, to society, tons to offer to the kingdom of God. Yeah. And number six, poverty is not shameful in and of itself. Yeah. Like we do believe that we are called um, as Jesus, and we'll read here in a minute, but Jesus steps into the brokenness of humanity. And we, we know that systematic poverty is a real thing. Yeah. Systematic injustice is a real thing. Uh, redlining is a real thing. And so yeah. many other of the, of the oppressions that we see in cities like Detroit and so many other cities, urban areas where there's so much disparity when it comes to wealth um, and riches and even opportunity. Like we're called to address those things. Yeah. right? But yeah. Jesus being born into it deals with it first on a spiritual level, then on a natural level. Then the seventh thing is that poverty is a cross that God entrusts to some people for a time. Wow. Poverty is a cross to bear that God entrusts to some people for a time. Mm. Not saying that it's forever. Yeah. Not saying that this is everyone's cross to bear necessarily. But there are some people, and just like other areas of difficulty and suffering, what we see these experiences or opportunities um, there, there are ways that we can see the glory of God revealed. Amen. There are ways where our, our, our character can be shaped. In Jesus, we see as a young man, not just with young parents, but born into this poor family, he grows in understanding and yeah. in stability. You know, so this is, I believe it's a blueprint for us as we look at so many of our present reality, whether it's poverty or whatever other difficulty it is. Yeah. Um, God is about his glory and his restoration yeah. and all things. So I mentioned both natural poverty and spiritual poverty. Yeah. Now, two chapters over in Luke chapter 4, Jesus says something as we close, <laughs> y'all, that I get excited about just thinking about it, yo. This passage as a young man began to shape me and give me a picture of what shalom really is. Yeah. Begin to give me a picture of what restoration really is. It's not in a political campaign. You know, it's not something that can be won through protesting in just natural means. Yeah. Um, it's not just in, you know, a church or a preacher. Jesus walks into the synagogue as a relatively young man. Mm-hmm. And he takes the scrolls of Isaiah and begins to read yeah. about himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we didn't read this part. But Luke does give us this idea, this picture of Jesus in the temple as a 12-year-old right. sitting in the in, in, the, in right. the synagogues, and his parents are looking for him. Now, for a minute. They he, left. They had to come back. Had to come back. <laughs> and where is he at? In the temple. About his father's business. Chopping it up. Yeah. But can you imagine as a 12-year-old sitting in the temple, mm. hearing them read scrolls like Isaiah and mm-hmm. others, and wondering, maybe you're wondering who they're talking about. Right. And the Holy Spirit mm. whispers in his ear. Right. They're talking about you. <laughs> right. Yo. Right. Like his dependence and fellowship with the Spirit throughout his life. Let's not forget, he was human. Right. He was human. And he grew. He grew in obedience. He grew in understanding. You know, so, so at this point in time in Luke chapter 4... He knows yeah. what he's about to read is about him. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Come on. Come on. Yo, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Yeah. Yo, so first of all, let's not forget this good news to the poor is first speaking to those who are spiritually poor. That word there, poor, means those who are bent over. Yeah. They've been bent over because a system, as my dad used to always say, has been built up on their backs. Right, right. There's so many in our culture, in our society, born in, we've all been born into sin, right. born into the systematic implications of that sin and poverty yeah. and yeah. racism and so much more. We see it starting in the spirit realm, but also manifesting in the natural yes. realm. And it has great influence and impact yeah. on our families for generations. Yeah. Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me. He's, the, he's anointed me. 
Mm-mm-mm. Okay, I won't preach all of this, y'all, because it's so good. <laughs> He's anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. The good news there is the euangelion. It is the gospel. He sent to me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. This is speaking first, spiritual blindness. We see Jesus actually healing people of natural blindness later, but this first starts spiritually. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the year Year of the the Lord's Lord's favor. Now get this, the year of the Lord's favor in the Jewish culture would have meant a very significant year. Yeah. It, was the, it was after the seven of, or 49 Sabbath years, and it was yeah. called the acceptable year, year of, the, of Lord. the Lord, yeah. or the year of the Day of Atonement. Yeah. And that's what this spoke to, that now the atonement is not in the festival. Yeah. The, 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 the year of celebration is not in a ritual that was handed down to them for generations. It is in a person. Yeah. They had another word for this this word here. That was Jubilee. Yeah. It was their year of Jubilee. Jesus is saying, I am Jubilee. Right. 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 (laughs) I am your favorite. I come bringing peace, favor, and shalom. Yeah. Now, this gives us this New Testament idea of favor and shalom puts a cap on something we see displayed in the natural in the Old Covenant spoken through the words Jeremiah. And we close with this, y'all. And I've preached this a ton of times. <laughs> still get excited about it. I think that it's a blueprint for community development in so many ways. But Jeremiah 29, I won't comb through the entire text. But Israel is at a time of exile. It's a difficult period for, for them as a people. And they are wanting to get back to how things work. Wanting to get back to their promised land. And there are prophets who are among them who are basically false prophets. Who are telling them, hey, we're about to go back. Right. And God ain't in that word. They're saying what sounds good. They're saying, yo, our time of exile is almost up. We're chosen people. We're about to go back to the promised land. God calls Jeremiah and says, yo, that's not the word. The word that I want you to give them is to stay right here. And I'll read it. Jeremiah 29 verse 5. He says, build houses and live in them. Right. In other words, don't go anywhere. Yeah. Stay in this season of difficulty, in this season of exile. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage. Build a family. Grow your family. Yeah. That they may bear sons and daughters and multiply there. And do not decrease. Right. There are people who look at what is going on in our world right now, and they say, well, you know, I'm not having kids. I don't want to bring no kids into this mess. Like God's, I believe God's initial plan for advancing the kingdom and through discipleship is with the family. The family. This is what we see Jesus born into in the young uh, Joseph and young Mary who are shepherding him and pastoring even young Jesus. Parents are pastors to our children. And the word that, that Jeremiah gives to the Israelites when they are in exile is to build a family, build a house, plant gardens, stay in this time of exile, stay in the city where I've called you right now. Yeah. Then he says in verse 7, seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf yeah, for yeah, in yeah. its welfare, yeah. you will find your welfare. Amen. He used the word welfare three times. In the Hebrew, this word speaks to the fulfillment of peace. It speaks to the restoration of all things. It speaks to, you guessed it, shalom. Shalom. And Jesus sums it up in Revelation 21, verse 5, when he says, I have made all things new. I am making all things new. As he has come. Thank you, Jesus. As he not only came as an infant. Thank you, Jesus. He sits now still with scarred hands. Yeah. He sits with the evidence in his physical body yeah. of what he has won and accomplished for us and accomplishing our salvation. Come on. Paying the, the costly price of what was required to make amends and to reconcile God and humanity. Yeah. And as the angels declared in the heavens, glory to God in the highest. Let us as well respond, glory to God in the highest. Father, we thank you for Jesus, our shalom, our peace, 
the Prince of Peace. For unto us the Son was given and a child was born. And the government of the world shall be upon his shoulders. And we worship him as we call him Wonderful Counselor. Prince of Peace. Everlasting Father. We magnify you. Mighty God, we magnify you. And we worship you. We worship you. Thank you for being our shalom. As you are making all things new. Family, although we sit in the waiting period of the full restoration of all things, there's this tension of the here and the not yet. I want you to don't forget, while we know the fullness of the kingdom, the fullness of shalom is not arrived yet. What that means is there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Yeah. But let's not undermine the fact that the kingdom is here. Yeah. Come on. It's here. Yeah. yeah. Jesus came out the wilderness preaching in Luke chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Yeah. It's here. Yeah. So if you do not know Jesus as your shalom, come on. I simply want to give you an opportunity. To allow the light yes. to expose the darkness yes. in your heart and all of our hearts. Yeah. And receive that light. Yes. As you receive that light, receive his love. Yeah. Receive his love and receive the sacrifice that he has made on your behalf. Thank you, Jesus. He loves you. Yes. And you can experience shalom now. Right Not now. just later, but right here and right the now, now as we close yes. out 2020. Yes, this year has been hell for many. Yes, there's been a lot of loss this year. But I want you to know the new year can start not just on December 31st right. at 11.59. Your new year can start whenever you decide to receive his shalom and surrender your heart to him. Yes. Your new year can start right here yes. right now. Yes. Because he makes all oh, things he's, new. He's mighty to save. Come on. He's a great deliverer. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. So, Father, we worship you. We bless you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, listen, if you want to um, further discuss what it means to receive Jesus as your salvation and, and acknowledge your need for a Savior, um, we're going to be on Zoom. Um, we'll have a team there that is waiting to pray for you. Um, we're going to post the link there in our chat room here. Thank you for staying with us throughout the technical difficulties. It's been an amazing Thank time you, just being together and uh, focusing on God's goodness. Thank you for listening to the Detroit Church Podcast. We'd love you to subscribe, like, and rate. And if you're not already, you can follow us on social media by searching for Detroit Church.